It's okay if you missed your favorite show. Podcasts are ready. The all-new ESPN Chicago app is here. This is Chicago's home for sports. This is ESPN 1000. Welcome back in ESPN 1000. And you just heard about it, the ESPN Chicago app. Easy to use. Check out all the shows. Listen to us live right there. Download it for free. And uh, if Mark Zander and I can operate this thing, then your five-year-old could do it, too. If there he's not is just eating. so much. Yeah. There is if the so five-year-old's not eating there. peeps, have him download the uh, ESPN <laughs> Chicago app for it right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's just so much content there, Brian. There's just so much to enjoy. Yeah, and, and, and new stuff is being added every day under the existing tiles. And if you ever want to listen back to what Brian and I are talking about, you can hit additional podcasts. You know, and, and Sully, Paul Sullivan, the great columnist from the Chicago Tribune, who was our guest as he headed past the uh, Mars Cheese Castle uh, to Milwaukee. Bong the, State Park. Man. I love that. The Bong Rec Center, the, 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 yeah. signs, the, the sign to exit for Bong Rec Center. I went to Marquette. I passed that sign a thousand times. I, I didn't, I mean, Snickered I thought I know. I just figured I was going to see, as you pull in, a bunch of people, you know, doing exactly that. But I don't know what, what it is, if it's a guy's name or whatever. But I pictured a bunch of stoners, you know, with, sure. with bongs. Yeah, <laughs> sure so, yeah, it's it's not a real interesting drive to Milwaukee, but I made it a thousand times. Milwaukee, good city, though. Uh, but we don't have to like their sports teams, as you said. Nope. But Sully mentioned, alluded to the fact that, you know, Yesterday, everyone loved Memphis, the Grizzlies. Oh, Grizzlies going to win that thing going away. John Morant, you know, should be MVP. Well, Minnesota, and they thought Minnesota was going to be taxed and, and kind of, you know, just struggling to get in there after the play-in tournament. Well, the T-Wolves went ahead and, and gave them a beating from the start, 130 to 117. And, you know, Memphis wasn't exactly an 1100, minus 1100 favorite. They were a minus 320 favorite to win the series, and they likely still will. But for a day, the T-Wolves have to be feeling pretty good about themselves. The uh, Chicago Bulls faced long odds. And uh, Steve Kornacki, the man with the big board at NBC, you see him every election telling you which uh, which districts have to weigh in and, you know, the key swing districts and everything else. Well, our buddy Jason Goff over at NBC Sports Chicago had a little uh, conversation with Steve Kornacki, Mr. Numbers. And this was all part of the NBC Sports Chicago Bulls playoff preview. And um, didn't really paint a positive picture for the Chicago Bulls' chances. Let's take a listen. NBC News' Steve Kornacki is here to break it down for us again. Steve, the defending champion Bucks are heavy favorites. What does the data say about the Bulls' chances to win this series? Yeah, the defending champs, as you say, the heavy favorites. We take a look at the bracket there. It is the 3-6 matchup. Historically, 3 versus 6 since the NBA went to best of 7 in the first round almost 20 years ago. The 6 seed is 8-30 in this matchup. That's about a 21% win rate. And when you factor in, again, the fact that the Bucks swept the Bulls this year, our computer model thinks the chances of the Bulls winning this series mm. come down to about 17 and a half percent so that's about a one in six shot that the bulls win this series and that's what the computer says another interesting way of looking at this is 
What does the public think? The public that's betting on this uh, series, betting on the NBA playoffs with their own money. This is another interesting way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. These are the odds to win the NBA title. And look at this behind the Suns. The Bucks right now are the second choice to repeat as NBA champions. Nine to two shot on the Bucks to win the whole thing. You got to go pretty far down the list, basically to the bottom, to find the Bulls sitting there at 100 to one. So if you're a Bulls fan and you're a true believer and you want to put a couple bucks on them, could be very rich if they truly, truly shock the world and not just beat the Bucks, but win the whole thing. Yeah, shout out to all the true believers out there who put a couple of dollars down on the Bulls. Steve, if the Bulls can win game one, how does that impact their overall odds to get out of the first round? So it makes it interesting, certainly, right? We're showing you a 17% chance, according to our model right now, that the Bulls win the series. If they can steal the home court advantage, that's what a win in Milwaukee would do. The number would basically double. Win game one, and suddenly you're still an underdog, but now you're looking at about a 35% chance of winning the series. you got a chance if you could take care, uh, take advantage of that home court advantage ever, mm -hmm. you could win the series, theoretically. Now, if the Bulls lose game one, as expected, obviously the challenge becomes that much tougher. Then you've got to win like four out of six against the defending champions. The odds of winning the series fall to 11% for the Bulls if they lose game one. So it's always the team that's the underdog. Boy, if you can ever steal game one on the road, it really can't upend things. You're looking at a difference between 11% potentially and 35% based on that game one. Now that's a big difference there, Mr. Zander. But if I told you there was a 35% chance of rain today, would you bring an umbrella? No, no. <laughs> so even though it's impressive that you you're more than uh, double the odds. It still isn't impressive overall. Yeah, you, you know, tripled the odds. The odds my math, or you're right. triple. Yeah, you're yeah. Triple. yeah. yeah. I, you know, and to win the series as of yesterday, the Bucks were minus 1,100. And if you put a couple bucks on the Bulls, you were getting plus 700. Even at 100 to 1 odds to win the entire thing, I, he said you could get very rich. Not a, I don't know how much money you would have to put on. If you were putting 2 bucks on that, that's 200 bucks. I'd buy you lunch for the week and a couple of beers, but I don't know that you're going to get rich. And, and, and that's about all you're probably willing to put down. Absolutely. As a Bulls fan, I think I can you know, go without you know, whatever $2 buys these days. You can't get on the, the blue line for 2 bucks anymore. Um, but, yeah, if you want to just have a little interest, a little fun, you know, go to your FanDuel app and, and open it up and put two bucks on and see if you get 700, 800. I did notice today the line yesterday for the Bulls, were they were going to get nine and a half points. It's, of course, up to ten and a half. And by tip off tonight, it might be up another point or two. So if they're going to win a game, it has, if they're going to cover, I think it has to be today, right? I'm not, not, not mm -hmm. saying they're going to win a game, but they, the Bucks have had a week off. The Bucks mailed in, didn't even play the Stars the final game at Cleveland, pretty much to ensure that they were going to play the Bulls in the opening round. Instead of jumping up a seed, they, they decided they'll take the three seed and face the Bulls, right? Because why not? They beat the Bulls all four times in the regular season by an average of 14 points. So they got who they wanted. Um, it hasn't been close. So the the Bucks, uh, you know, spent the week talking. Here's here, here, like in the sometimes in the Tribune, Sully did his column, and and um, their beat writers gave you the three or four keys what the Bulls need to do to even contend, let alone win a series. You know what they've been doing up in Milwaukee? It's they don't give you keys to the series because they basically feel like if the Bucks show up, they'll win just like everybody else. They've been writing, get to know Wesley Matthews ahead of the NBA playoffs. Here's another story, get to know. Uh, 
guard jo- Javon Carter before the NBA playoffs. It's just been puff pieces. It's been filler. <laughs> you right. know, uh, it's just, it, I'm, I listen, that motiv- is that motivation enough? Well, I mean, it's like, hey, you know, what have you been doing for the week? Well, we're kind of bored up here. Um, you know, it's, it, but when they finally got to some questions about what they do have to do against the Bulls, uh, Mike Budenholzer, the, uh, the coach, did say that, the, you know, guys like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, well, uh, they can be a handful. And, um, you know, how are the Bucks going to handle that? Yeah, I mean, we have so much respect for him and um... – you know, him being in the East and, and the playoffs, you know, from a couple of years ago, um, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, you know, I guess starts with respect, but attention to him. And um, but, you know, that's part of what makes their team good. And um, DeRozan and Levine and, and him in a, you know, a two man game, the pick and roll game. Um, it's tough to guard. And so, um, you know, our guards have got to be good. The less they get screened, the better we are. And um, you know, we have to probably mix up our looks on, on Vucevic. And, and, you know, to some degree, when you're mixing up your looks on him, then it it's probably means you're mixing up your looks on DeRozan and Levine. So, um, but there's there's an awareness and a respect for him um, from lots and lots of games against him. You know, so he talked about the Bulls three, the big three there, and, and through you know, him was being uh, Vucevic. And there's no doubt David, our first caller, uh, who weighed in at 312 said, what will the Bulls need to do to, to even make this competitive? Well, the, the first, your stars have to be your stars. So those guys, Vooch, Vooch can't be the guy missing threes and, and not sure what, you know, what, he, what he's doing defensively. So um, they all have to bring their A game, and then it's mm-hmm. going to take a handful of other guys to bring their A game as well. To even When you, when you heard uh, uh, Mike Boldenholzer talking about this, he didn't look stressed as I was watching it. He didn't look like he was been up all week. Now, I'm sure he and his staff have put in the time and the preparation and, and got their guys ready, but they they fully expect to take care of business, just like the entire NBA world expects them to take care of business against the Bulls. So that's how important it is for the Bulls to go out there and in the first quarter, just let them know. I mean, you know, don't pl- don't play from a deficit tonight. You got, you got to come and bring in the first 12 minutes to even get a puncher's chance to get that game to get to, to 35% chance of making it a series by winning the first game. So they don't seem overly stressed up there. They've been just biding their time and resting. And I think um, Wesley Matthews said they were kind of bored up there. Uh, you know, it's been a lot. And this was Friday. He said it seems like two days is going to be a long time to wait this thing out because – Budenholzer said, "As good as the uh, play-in tournament has been for the uh, for the league, and how much interest it is generated, and how different teams are certainly their fan bases are are involved because their teams are involved." He said, "It's tough for a team, a defending championship team, to to sit there and watch that as entertaining as it is, but knowing that they had a full week." Of, of trying well, not to overextend and practice and waiting for their opportunity. Right. And there's that thing, rest, uh, you know, versus, versus rust. rust. Yeah. yeah I, look, I don't, I don't know if that's going to play in. And, and certainly they don't look stressed up there, but you can't, you can't underestimate everybody, anybody, um, you know, even, even the bulls. So I'm sure that they are prepped and they're just sitting around antsy and waiting. And hopefully, as you said, you know, we need we need those players, those secondary players to step up, give us our best, and then we need the stars to give us our best. And that's what we're hoping for. Can it happen all series long? It's going to be tough, really, really tough. Yeah, it's a tough assignment any way you break yeah. it down. Um, but, again, 
you know, that this we Bulls, this Bulls team surprised everyone when they were healthy at the beginning of the season. I mean, it was must see TV. The ratings were up 83%. Everyone was sitting down in front of the TV. It was appointment television because not only were they playing over their expectations of, uh, of the Bulls fans, they're a likable team. You know, Sully said it, DeMar DeRozan, a very humble guy who's turned into Superman. You know, he wouldn't have needed to be Superman with the Lakers, and he wasn't Superman with Toronto. But he certainly probably looked around, and when Zach in and out of the lineup with the need, decided that, you know what, if it takes, you know, putting everyone on on his back and shoulders and carrying you through that stretch where he was having, what, 35 to 40-point games and 50%-plus shooting and, and just, you know, being Superman in the fourth quarter, the guy has lived up to everything, and he's still been a great team guy and a great, great team leader. So, Yeah, I mean, we're lucky to have him. We are absolutely. Lucky to have him. Yeah. Absolutely. Three, one, two, three. Three two three seven seven six. Taking your Bulls calls, and when we come back here on ESPN One Thousand, ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN One Thousand. Yeah, no, I think that they, they feel. It. I think coaches turn up the intensity, and um, you know, I think guys understand how important this is because this is all it's about. You know, um, you know, regular season is great and all, and it's cool. You know, the regular season is like a seven. The playoffs is like an eleven in terms of intensity. So, guys got to understand how important each moment is. And I think uh, coach and, and us veterans have done a good job explaining that to guys. And they'll see. They'll see game one in um, Pfizer form or however you say that arena's name. I don't play there, so it don't really matter to me what the name is. Uh, it's going to be rocking in there, especially them being defending champs. You know, they they have high expectations, so we got to come in with a. Uh, us against the world mentality. How confident you guys are? Talk about the best guys. That's Tristan Thompson winning an all spinal tap on you, Mark Xander. Uh, it's a <laughs> playoff, turn it up to 11. And uh, he's only. They need 12. Brian, Brian, they need 12 or 13. <laughs> to, to not lose in the best of uh, seven where you lose in three games. Yeah. Um, so he and uh, Caruso are the only two on the uh, Bulls roster that actually have won a title. Right. So he knows what it's all about. Um, you know, DeMar DeRozan and uh, Vooch have both uh, been in, in the playoffs, but haven't gotten to the promised land. Um, they've been in the conference finals. So or DeRozan has anyway. Um, but he and Caruso, Thompson and Caruso have been trying to tell everyone basically what, you know, what this is all about and what you expect and, and the intensity they're going to face as soon as they tip off tonight. But there's no better experience than throwing those rookies in there and, and having them, you know, baptism by fire tonight. So he can, they can talk about it and, and being good team leaders, they have uh, Caruso said, he's been trying to talk to these guys for a couple months now and just giving them a heads up because look, we've known the bulls since January were a 90% plus chance to be a postseason team, right? No one really saw the collapse coming, but uh, we knew, you know, we were hoping they'd be top Wait, four Billy seed. Billy Donovan did. Yeah, he saw the defense collapse. But at the time, they were sitting there on top of, I mean, they were the number one seed in the East till last week of February, right? So we knew they were going to be in the postseason. We just didn't know they were going to limp into the postseason and be everyone's punching bag when it came to picking a winner in this Bucks bull series. So, But guys like Thompson, they've known about it. You know, Billy Donovan, your guy, uh, who has basically said, I don't know how this defense is falling apart. Anyone, you know, talk to the coach. Oh, yeah, that's me. Um, you know, he, he, here's his problem. 
you can't put Vooch and, and, and Tristan Thompson on the floor together at the same time. Uh, because Casey Johnson, uh, my buddy over at NBC Sports Chicago, who you see on the uh, Bulls broadcast and does great work uh, analyzing it, you know, they are, I think, a minus, a minus 32 together in, in 26 minutes of court time this year. I mean, as much as you want size out there, you can't have those two guys out there together because they just can't play. They're a minus 32.1 net rating. In 26 minutes. So as much as you need the size against Giannis and these guys, there's no way. You need the size to perform. Yeah, there's no way you can put those two out there because the ship starts leaking in a big way. And how does Patrick Williams play into this? Well, I'm see, I'm so excited to see that because, you know, moving forward, you want to know what you have in the big young guy, right? And this is a good test. Absolutely. And, and he's been saying the right things. And, and even IO this week, you know, they all, they seem fearless. There's like everyone, it's the old, uh, you know, circle the wagons. Everyone in the, the outside this uh, locker room believes that we're going to get our butts kicked, but we believe in ourselves. And they're talking about not even being aware of being underdogs and everything else, or certainly not, you know, paying attention to it. So even the young guys uh, in IO, of course, you know, won at uh, Illinois. So, I mean, they, they know what to say. Who knows in their heart of hearts what they feel. And when they get out there and Fiserv is rocking tonight, I really, really would like to know how many Bulls fans are going to make the trip. 312-332-3776. If you're going to try to go up there and yeah, lend some support. Yeah, you're on your way up there now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, and, and if you, you have you, hope, tell us why you have hope. Yeah. Other than I'm a Bulls fan and, you know, that's it's great. I mean, we're all Bulls fans. But right. – um, I, I that one of the storylines I'm I'm going to love to watch is Patrick Williams and seeing how he can stand up, and if he can stand up to these guys in his first postseason uh, experience, because hopefully there are going to be many more seasons to come, and this isn't the first, and then we go another four or five years without we uh, you know AK and the front office staff starts building this thing with some momentum because look they're probably a, at least a year ahead of schedule, but um, you'd like to see those guys put up some numbers and, and look like they at least belong out there. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, and here's, here's something I want to throw out three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. Okay. So the bulls have quite the challenge, likely not going to make it out of this round, but what would you need to see from the players that are on the team right now that makes you have some hope for the future? And we're probably talking about IO and Patrick Williams, but specifically what would you need to see to make you a, uh, to make the, the loss or the exit from the first round at the hands of the world champions, a little more palatable. 312-332-3776. Yeah, I, I, you know, you, you want to see, again, any playoff experience is good experience. Yeah. So you want to see the young guys not be intimidated, not shy from it, not turtle from it. And um, you, your stars absolutely have to put up their numbers and then some. I mean, they can't expect Rosen to go for 35 or 40. It would be great if he did. But if, if he does, in fact, do that, well, then Zach and, and Vooch also have to put up, you know, 28, 26, 27, 30 points right. to, to give yourself any kind of shot here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And, and to sustain that, to take four games, that's where it's just really a tough sled. Well, you know, you know Aaron Rodgers – we all know what he said to the to the Bears. I own you. I always bleep and own you. You know, Giannis. That's not his DNA. And by the way, did you see Aaron Rodgers was picked off in a charity football game by a junior? I college did. Player? 
I did. And did you see him throw a little snip? <laughs> yeah, because the guy was taunting him. You know, hey, Rogers. <laughs> yeah, but but Giannis could go off on the Bulls. I own you. I've always believed and owned you because in the last 13 starts that Giannis has had against the Bulls since 2017, the last time they were in the playoffs, yeah. he's averaged 26.8 points, 13.5 rebounds, and five assists. Um, that was just this season, but he's 13 and 0 since 20 and 17. So no matter what they've tried to do, they haven't done it well enough because you're, you're uh, right. He does own us, but he certainly doesn't have that in his DNA to, uh, no, he's to not show that, that. he's kind no, of a general giant. Yeah. yeah, he is. He is. He is. Uh, 312-332-3776. Talking about the Bulls game one tonight. Festivities get underway at 530. If you're on your way up there, let us know what your plans are ahead of the game, because if you're on your way up there already, you've got some time to kill, and there's some great ways to do that up in that city of Milwaukee. Again, we love the city, don't have to like their teams, and certainly this Bucks uh, is going to be, this Bucks team and this uh, series is going to be a big challenge. We've got Mike on the south side that wants to jump in here. On ESPN 1000, you're with Xander and Hanley. Hey, Mike. Hey, hey, guys, happy Easter. Happy Easter, happy Mike. Easter. Yeah, um, like I was telling the producer um, just a few minutes ago, first I'm sorry, Vujicic. He's got to average 25-15. He has no Amen. choice. I don't want to – look, if you got some mouse on you, that then you're don't take your butt to the damn three-point line. Take him <laughs> to the post. I, there are so many times this season where he had the, the pick-and-roll idea work because it is hard to defend, especially when DeRozan is rolling. He rolls to the basket, pulls up a small guy, Next thing I know, you want to shoot jump shot. No, forget that. 25-15 from Vujicic, and I truly do believe the three young guys, Pat Williams, Io, Kobe White, I like their attitude. You're playing with house money. Who cares? Don't think about when – just play because they're playing with house money. If those three can combine, give you, i say maybe 35-plus, you know, as far as like as together – and Kobe White is huge because he's supposed to be in that sixth man, like you guys said yep. earlier, off that bench. He's he has to out of those three, he has to hit his jump shot. Amen. He's going to be open. Mm-hmm. You've got to hit it. No excuses. At this point in the season, playoff time, Tristan Thompson's right. It's a different beast. So they're going to leave those three wide open. They're going to get opportunities. But Vujicic is, is, is with that. He's man, he's gotta do twenty five fifteen. You, you can stop Middleton. I think it's easier to stop Middleton. Holiday is difficult. But Middleton, you can slow down. You're not going to stop Giannis. Forget it. You hope to slow him down. He's going to get his 35-plus, 15-plus. He's going to do his thing. But Middleton, I do agree with you guys. They have to stop Middleton. He's hey, Mike, I, I wish you would give the Bulls the pregame talk because you're spot on. I mean, you got you got to just lay it out there like you just did. That here, Here's what we need. And we if we don't get it, we're in trouble. Uh, that's terrific. Great call. Thanks, Mike. Uh, no problem. Appreciate that. I mean, yeah, 312-332-3776. I do like what Mike said. He laid it out. It's Look, it's not easy to achieve, but the concept and the plan is easy to understand. I think that was a solid plan. Yeah, and look, Kobe White, I said it earlier, he's going to have open threes. They, they allow you to take threes. 19% conversion ain't going to get it done. It's just not going to get it done. So, you know, let's check in with Chris in Tinley Park. Uh, he wants to weigh in on the Bulls. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, uh, just throwing my two cents in here. We we seem to struggle a lot with the Bucks this year. They're a good team. Uh, you know, that's why they're reigning champs. 
Um, what what do we need to do? It doesn't seem like Billy ever changes. It hasn't changed a lot. Every every time we play these guys, just whooping our butts. Um, we get beat the second half. We get beat we get beat early in the second quarter sometimes. Uh, what do we need to do matchup-wise, stuff-wise? Is that why we have Tristan? Is that What, what are we going to do to change this game plan? Because when, when I think about it, it all comes down to coaching and this kind of stuff. And if you can outsmart a guy and play chess in the regular season, uh, what, is there anything in store you think that can change a little of the game plan? I, I look, you know, the one thing you, you, as much as you have to hit your open jumpers and this Bucks team allows you, allows everybody to take three points. So they allowed the, the most three point shots in the NBA this season. Um, you have to penetrate the paint. I mean, they, they, they're great at walling off the paint, but you're big guys. And Mike just said it, Vooch can't just sit there and, and dribble back to three point land. He's got to be absolutely aggressive and take whatever opening he has. And, and Mark, uh, De- DeMar DeRozan and these guys, have to find a way to get to the free throw line and then make their free throws. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And we also have a couple of listeners who want to weigh in as well. And we'll take your calls. We're here for another hour, 312-332-3776. You know, make a case or tell me, tell us what you're going to be watching tonight because, uh, you know, there, there's some side stories and we'll get back to the bigger picture questions as well. I mean, is Vooch playing for his Bulls future right now? Or is that been already determined because he's not the guy uh, everyone really thought he was going to be. We'll talk about that right back in a couple minutes here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Now by your side through your smart speaker. Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Back here on ESPN 1000 Easter Sunday. Hope you're enjoying the day and uh, hope you'll enjoy the outcome there, Pat Foley, tonight uh, when the Chicago Bulls play their first playoff game since 2017 up in Milwaukee at the Five Serve Forum. And uh, wondering if any Bear, uh, Bulls fans are going up to the game and, and you know, plunking down that 2600 bucks for the uh, first row seats still available as of yesterday. Well, how about the 46 bucks for the standing room? Standing room, which doesn't guarantee you a, a view of the court. So I, I don't know what <laughs> – I'd rather be outside at the viewing uh, – at the Deer District viewing party. But uh, yeah. Jared's out in Iowa and has some thoughts on the Bulls. Hey, hey Jared, how are you? Hey, Jared. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for being on. Gives you something to do while I was watching my kids play Play-Doh. But, uh, <laughs> um, hey, do you have that Easter uh, grass laying around from the basket? Is that all over the place? Uh, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. I threw it everywhere. I actually have twin four-year-olds, oh. so they were pretty okay. lively. So. You know what's, okay. know what's uh, cool is the kids still like Play-Doh, because I loved that as a kid. And you know, now every, every four-year-old has a phone, right? So it's great that your kids actually like Play-Doh. Yeah, they love it. They love it. Uh, but to your question of what do I want to see, I was actually listening to the uh, Jeffrey Ann Gundy interview this morning about mm-hmm. flight and being relentless. I want to see the 2009 Bulls Celtics series where you Ooh. probably knew they were going to lose. But man, that was fun. And they fought. And they went to double, triple overtime. And it gave you just so much hope for that team going forward. Now, they weren't going anywhere, but. That was a. It'd be nice to get a running start in next year with a little bit of excitement. Do you think, Jared, that this Bulls—that's the DNA of any uh, of these guys necessarily—that have that kind of intensity and, and tenaciousness? I think Caruso does. I think yeah. Io does. And I think probably DeRozan does. I think Levine yeah. wants to, but he doesn't. Vucevic is a no. Kobe White's a no. 
And those, you know, the Jalen Greens, you know, the Derek Joneses, they're gonna because they have to because they're they have players. To. That's how you get to the NBA. But no, they don't have the the Heinrich, the Dang. No. Ben Gordon was re- just relentless. Like he's a killer. Uh, even Andres Nocioni, he, he just Noch. punch in the face. Hey, you yeah. know what? Uh, Jared, I covered those baby bulls, the tryhard bulls from 05 to 10 at the Chicago Sun-Times. And you're right, Noach, I mean, he was tenacious. And he was a great guy off the floor. But that team was better. The sum of its parts were better than the parts themselves, right? But Luol Deng, Ben Gordon, you know, Ben Gordon, didn't want to win the six-man award. Um, he felt like he was a star, and he's a star on that team. But you're right. The, I mean, you need guys who, who go out there, and Kirk Heinrich was a coach's kid and, you know, won at Kansas. And, and so, you you know, you needed that Duke pedigree from Luol and everybody else, know, knowing what it takes to be elite. And they weren't elite, but they gave most teams headaches they could be down 20 points. I remember how many game stories I rewrote in the final five minutes because they could be up 20 or down 20, and mm-hmm. the whole the whole thing could change in five minutes. But that's because of a young team that was, wasn't was sure how to win or hold the lead. Um, but sometimes, you know, they gave Miami everything they could to, to upset them in a playoff series. So great call. Thanks, Jared. Yeah, thanks, Jared. That, 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 that was a great team. And, you know, I know that um, John Paxson – not a great team, but it was a, a fun team. And John Paxson went out and got Ben Wallace because he felt like taking away from the Pistons mark would help. You know, the, the Pistons were the epitome of a team that won, won because of the entirety of the group, not necessarily mm-hmm. the, the stars of individual stars. And that's the blueprint the Bulls kind of were trying to emulate. And obviously right. they took 60 million bucks that they had available and signed Ben Wallace and it didn't work out to anyone's satisfaction. But you understood at least what he was trying to do, and it right. just didn't translate. Right, you're right. That that was a lot of fun. That team was uh, the Tryhard Bulls. A lot of fun to watch. Had some uh, potential, but it it is interesting how it shook out. In, in in looking back at it, as you said, the sum of its parts were greater than the you know the the whole team, which it, it didn't really make sense how it turned out. But those those were fun years. For sure. But it's interesting. Jared says, you know, you know, Vooch isn't that guy and Kobe's not that guy. Did he mention Patrick Williams? Did he jump in on Patrick Williams? No, and I I don't know know if we know if he's that guy. I think we're going to find that out. At least uh, we're going to get an inkling starting with this playoff series, right? Yeah. Well, if if nothing else, this is going to show you where the holes are uh, and what we need to do on the offseason. And, um, you know, we know AK is uh, not afraid to shake things up. And uh, he brought Vooch in. And that clearly doesn't seem to be the answer at this point. So we'll we'll see what assets we have moving forward. And, and certainly looking at the young guys like Io and Patrick Williams, hopefully they can step up and show that they want to be, uh, you know, part of part of this moving forward. We'll take, uh, continue to take your uh, Bulls calls, 312-332-3776. We're here until 1230, so lots of time for you to jump on in. But Bear fan Bob, who lives on the other side of the Cheddar Curtain, um, he is a White Sox fan. Bob, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever asked you, are you a Bulls fan or a Bucks fan? Uh, none of the above, actually. <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't have time to watch all the sports. But, by the way, happy Easter to you boys. And yeah, we're going to with us today. So, anyway, say hi. Hello. Hey. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, we got a. Uh, I got a, I got a White Sox thought for you. So as I'm watching the White Sox games, the guy who I think might be the hidden gem in the bullpen, Sugar uh, Sogar. Uh, uh, Sousa. Sousa, that's it. Yeah. I'm watching this Sousa. kid, and I don't have a lot. Of, you know, I just don't have a lot of time to study this stuff. He really impresses me. His command on the mound, his pitches, he gets up there and he gets guys out, which is what I think uh, actually they need to do. And I think he's going to be a hidden gem and going to be a real asset to the White Sox of the future. Those were kind of my thoughts. So, guys, happy Easter uh, and have a great day. Hey, Bob, do you have the angst of the bullpen like uh, Xander does? What's that? Ace for the bullpen? The angst. Xander's all concerned about it. Well, yeah, I have slight angst because of uh, Hendricks getting some people on and and, and collapsing that first game. It's unwarranted, I'm sure. Mark, that's kind of why I called in, because I was listening earlier, and I heard you were kind of, you know, concerned about Hendricks. Maybe you could get this guy. You know, in 05, we had, what was it, uh, Shingu, then we had... uh, Justin, Justin Hermanson, then we had big, Jinx. I love yep. Justin Hermanson. Well, yeah. maybe this new kid uh, could fill in. Yeah. You know, they, no, you're uh, right about Sousa. Hendricks. You're right about Sousa, Bob. He he has impressed. He's come out of nowhere. It wasn't exactly a name we were talking about heading into the season, but he has made his most of his chances. We needed that left-hand arm. Uh, or right. that, yeah, and, right. and, yeah, he has impressed. And, and yeah. we're, look, we're, it's an embarrassment of riches, as we've been told. Certainly, it has shaped, uh, been okay, but boy, that game one, that was uh, that was a little rocky, but Hendricks is that guy. He's not going to be able to nail him down every time, but he's had success past couple days, and even though it may be a nail-biter here or there, I think we're, I think we're going to be okay. And you know what, Bob? Yeah, yeah. The, people don't know that Sousa's great-great-great-granddaddy was John Philip Sousa and then wrote Stars and Stripes Forever. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Really? I just made that. That's I just made cool. that up. No, I just made that no, up. No, that's I just, not I just made that up. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe I'd yeah, ask I him. See. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Happy Easter. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day, guys. Yeah. Have Take a care. Happy Easter. Okay. Yeah. That'd be a cool story, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think you're making up storylines. Well, you know, I'd ask lines. him. Uh, maybe he did the. the is it the the me and twenty three? What's the DNA thing? The test. Have oh, you ever done that? Twenty three and me. Yeah. 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 Did you I do did, that? I did it. Yes, I did it. And then I get these random emails that they're finding all kinds of relatives that I feel like I don't care so much. Are you related <laughs> to John Philip Sousa? I am not. Oh. I, am not. I didn't. I, I I didn't do it. Uh, but I did it. You know, I adopted uh, a couple pups um, recently, and this is the first the first dogs I've done. The well, it's a, now a thing. I didn't. You know, my other dogs, it wasn't a thing. So I was curious. One of the dogs has a ridge back. And it's actually the mother, and she was a two-year-old mom who had four puppies. So I took one of the puppies too, adopted from uh, Fortunate Pooches and Lab Rescue, just uh, a terrific um, organization in the Chicago area. So I've got all mm-hmm. my pups from there. But anyway, so I was curious to see their lab mixes, but obviously mom's got Ridgeback, and you can kind of see it on the puppy. So I did the DNA test for that, and it came back about 12 different breeds, including Catahoula Leopard Dog. Yes. Which, is, which is native to Louisiana, which makes sense because mom is from Arkansas originally. Um, but I see I was much more interested in finding out what the dogs 
than you were your long lost relatives. No, I'm a drunk Irishman. I think there's some Scottish in there, but I mean, come on. I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. You're related yeah. to uh, John, John Philip Sousa. <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually helped him write Stars and Stripes Forever. That's how old I am. Wow. No. That's impressive. No. Another so, one, uh, a long list of credits you have. I are you, have done are, you, are, are, we al- are we allaying your fears and your nausea over the bullpen? Well, I mean, look, look, look. Uh, throwing up, and, and again, uh, this uh, ESPN 1000, we put the poll up there. It's a ridiculous poll, but knowing hardcore Sox fans, and, uh, I, I, you know, I saw, as I mentioned, that first performance from Hendricks, that was a, it was like the season, you know, there was no off season because we had, those were some issues last year, but this year, let me. Craig Kimbrell's uh, not here anymore. Yeah. And and Kimbrell. Yeah. That's a problem we no longer have, but some positives that I have seen this year from pitching and otherwise that were problems last year. It looks like we're running bases. We're stealing bases. Yasmani Grandal threw somebody out yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> Reese McGuire threw somebody out the other day. Hey, he's been pretty good. Have, yeah, yeah, he has. He really, really has. And, and you know, props, and if Fred's listening, I hope he gives Yasmani some credit, too, to this day. It looks like Yasmani did some work on his defensive game over the winter because he's looked much, much better. We've needed that. And Hendricks, aside from the first performance, has been fine. And, yes, Graveman has been great. Seuss has been great. I look forward to seeing Joe Kelly. Ronaldo Lopez is still a a, – Ronaldo, and and here's where – right, and taking a little left turn, Ronaldo Lopez, hmm, you know, a bit hit and miss. Bummer still isn't back to where we saw him a couple years ago, but certainly he did get out of a jam the other day, which, like the Michael Kopech comparison, as we said yesterday, how he started off a little shaky – but he got his head straight. He finished the game. He didn't finish the game, but he did not. He got pulled for a pitch count. He did not get pulled for any kind of trouble he was in. Bummer got himself out of trouble the other day, too, which is what you need to see because trouble will come. It's how these pitchers react to getting out of trouble. So there are some very, very good positives. All right. But well, speaking, no, yeah. speaking of getting out of trouble, uh, Jay Cantu is going to kill us, our great producer, if we don't go to break. Oh, but we're running when wow. we come back yeah. – Joe Madden did something that nobody had done in baseball since 1881. And he got out of trouble. But, you know, you got to listen. I mean, it's unbelievable. And we'll yeah. uh, we'll break it all down for you. And we'll continue to take your calls. 312-332-3776. Going to talk some more Bulls with you on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Xander and Hanley here, produced by Jcan2 today, and uh, we are going to uh, be talking about Joe Madden and what he did with the uh, the Angels. Uh, you saw this, right, Jake? Well, here, you know, Mark. I always say uh, you can. Yeah. You go. You go to a baseball game. There's a chance right. you're going to see something you've never seen before. And unless and there's you there's a solid chance, yes. Unless you were living in 1881, you didn't see this before. Now, Barry Bonds has, was walked, and go back to 1998. He was walked with the bases loaded. 
um, because no one wanted to see the Grand Slam, and they were leading at the time, right? So they they had the luxury. Um, but the base was loaded, and here's the first time since 1881 that a losing a team on the losing side of the ledger, and they were the the, uh, An- the Angels were down three to two at the time. Bases packed, and Corey Seager up. And Joe Mann, well, let's take a listen because this is Bally Sports Southwest. It's the Rangers broadcast, and Dave Raymond, the play-by-play guy, doesn't even – and Tom Grieve, they don't even know. I mean, they think they know what they're looking at, but they're really not sure about the whole thing. (laughs) The launch angle on Seekers was 39 degrees. The launch angle on Trouts was 23 degrees. If I understand what just happened, an intentional walk granted to Seeger with the bases loaded. That is Barry Bonds' treatment. Are you sure that? I wasn't watching. Yeah. Joe came out, talked to his pitcher, pointed to first. And Seeger granted first base. An intentional walk with the bases loaded brings in a run. It's 4-2. to two. The base is still loaded now for Mitch Garver. That is amazing. I mean, I've seen some really stuff before. Say. I, I'm shocked. One thing, one thing with a little bit of a lead and Barry Bonds at bat. You sure that's what happened? I, th- I think that's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, they, I, I, I'm sorry I can't help you because I looked down at my scorecard and didn't even see it. To be honest with you, I wouldn't have predicted it either, so I wasn't in, I wasn't quite ready for well, that. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I just watched it, and I'm not sure I, I believe it. <laughs> Seager's an incredible hitter, but yeah, that's just nothing stunning. Against, nothing against Corey at all. So they're going to pitch to Mitch Garver with the bases loaded. And Joe Madden, I think, has earned a reputation over the years as being a very intelligent baseball man and a very creative one. But I would I'd never suggest that I know anything near what he knows. But that one, that, that stuns me. You know, so there you have Dave Raymond and Tom Grieve been around the game a little bit and still not sure what they're watching because it's not Barry Bonds and Anaheim doesn't have the lead. They're actually down, so you walk in another run. And Corey Seager, a very good hitter, and his numbers are very good. He was 0 for 2 at that point with a strikeout in the game. Right. Now, Madden's trying to you know, get to the right-handed batters following him, but first of all, Austin Warren, the, the pitcher, looked rattled. He kept taking his hat off after that. Uh, you know, it's basically, you know, now you just tell the umpire, put him on first. And the umpire's probably like, excuse me? But Austin Warren, it took him a few pitches to settle down, they actually scored three runs in the inning, so now now Texas is up six to two. Joe, fortunately for him, the 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 Angels come back and win that game nine six. But it he wasn't said, because of that decision. No, and if he, if they lose that game, you know they're again they're down six two, and I would the win probability for Texas was probably about eighty five ninety percent at that time, but you know Texas couldn't hold on to it. So Joe was asked about it, and he, he look, 72 years old, right? Or, or this has only happened in 72 years, the, the, and Barry Bonds was the recipient of that. Joe said it was not only trying to stay out of a big inning, but he was trying to stir his guys up, quite frankly. He said, just trying to stir the group up. 
that's something you don't normally do. And I thought just by going out there and doing something like that, the team might respond, simple as that. Um, they responded, but in, in the moment, I mean, Mike Trout, the look on his face, the camera caught him. He was like, Yeah, what they the got a response. Hell? He got a response, a WTF response. I mean, it just, he just looked like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing here? What, what's the point <laughs> of this exercise? And also, Josh Hamilton for the Texas Rangers in 08 was walked by the Tampa Bay Rays with Joe Madden. With Joe Madden. But, but they had the lead then, right? I mean, this, you don't do it when you're down and you're trying to stay out of the big inning and you just gave him a two-run lead and it ends up being two more after that. You know, maybe it's not an eight-run inning, but it turned into a four-run inning, right? I mean, or a three-run inning. So, um, and, you know, crazy, but, you know, crazy Joe, I guess. It, it, you know, it's not just petting zoos and, and theme uh, trips, road trips, you know, skinny suit road trips. And who was the, ma- the magician? Pajamas on the bus and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah the, who's the the magician that would show up down in Arizona for spring training and and you know pull an intentional walk out of his hat? Um, yeah, wow. But yeah, baseball. Yeah, you God you bless. wonder it's- how how LA is talking about this, uh, LA sports radio and their fans because we know Joe is a little quirky. Uh, yes. Certainly, he's been there uh, uh, long enough for them to get that. But this is super. Quirky, and and the fact is, we're still talking about it. And he won the game. If they would have lost that game, oh wow, uh, oh. that would have been really a tough pill to swallow. But Joe's not. It, the reason that he gave is just so strange to me. Psychology. Yes, are you kidding me? Well, he shook up his pitcher, but his pitcher couldn't find the strike zone after that. Right. Um, Austin Warren's like, I'm not sure that's the result he was going for. He kept looking at the inside of his cap, you know, and I don't know if he was maybe not sure that he didn't hear it with the uh, the new the pitch comp. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Pitch comp thing. yeah. Yeah. Did you just? Or he was in disbelief. Yeah, he was in def- definitely disbelief. Hey, and, and that said, you know, they better have a statue of Joe Madden up at Wrigley at some point, uh, you know, after he hangs it up or whatever, because the guy did get. You know the Cubs to their first World Series in a hundred years, so you yeah. know he does. He he definitely deserves recognition there. But uh, Friday night, I'm just like, wow, baseball! It's back and crazier than ever. So there you go. Three one two three three two. You can see anything, uh, anything new on any given day. Absolutely, it's the beauty of the game. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Got time to take your calls. It's Xander and Hanley here until twelve thirty. I'm going to talk some more Bulls with you right after this on ESPN One Thousand.